everybody hi there we're back that was high yeah it was a little high i bet you. oh my goodness i was worried when we started the Is show that falsetto no we're gonna have to start this again i'm about to make a big sneeze <coughs> i think <coughs> people are used to it <coughs> uh, tuberculosis is back oh and you know what i'm gonna have to do next after i sneeze uh, it's your elbow? No, I have to blow my nose. Oh. Uh, you just want to start again? Uh, now is Olive going to bat it around and roll in it? And She's behind me. She's You're going to have to comb out your mucus? No, no. It's on my desk. She's just walking around. Oh. Oh, that was Schmuffin. Oh, hi, Schmuffin. I think it was. Or I was just getting big. It gets dark in here. I can't see. Mm. Uh, do you want to start this over, or do you want to let the people hear all my tuberculosis? I think uh, I, It's entirely your call. I think the fans of the uh, early fans would appreciate it. I think so. Other people are going to tune in for the first time and go, what the hell is this? Right. <laughs> this just starts Which, off. Which, <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. So just by the my cadence and the way we're talking, I have the sense that this uh, is going to stay. Yeah, we're going to stay. Oh, what the hell? The show started it's already off with 1 o'clock in the morning. We should probably get going with this thing. Yeah, the show started off with me sneezing. That's how you start a show well. We were <laughs> working out of town tonight. One of our... Probably the biggest pain in the ass show we have to do. Yep. Yeah. So... Yeah, it, 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 we. I got home. I think ninety minutes after we were done, and that rarely ever happens. I'm a little closer, so I don't mind because I drove myself. So yeah, it. but still. Yeah, usually it's. And then like, I had to continue my my research because it just really sucked me down a rabbit hole, and I watched everything. Yeah, I, I watched. Actually, I usually don't watch the movies because you know I've seen most of them so many times. But one of my picks, my first pick, it was on uh, Netflix, so I just gave it a watch, and well, we'll talk about it. But yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't seen this stuff in ages, and it was cool to go back. And you're gonna hear a lot of this from me about the I'm gonna go back and rewatch this. Um, you're gonna hear that a lot today. That just know he's lying. Well, he's not lying. I think he believes it, so it's not a yeah, lie. Yeah, I believe it. It's not that I'm lying. I'm just full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so today, before before we get into it, I drove out to um, uh, when we on the way out to where we were working today. I stopped at a Target just on a whim, just because I saw some of the accounts I follow. Ooh, fancy rich boy! What yeah, Target said like certain. Well, Enchantress and on um, Memorial Day was it Memorial Day? No, it was Sunday. Yep. It was Sunday. Oh, okay. And on Sunday, Enchantress and I went to. Walmart to check for a certain uh, limitish ex- uh, Walmart exclusive cereals. Like the only time I go into Walmart is for Walmart exclusive cereals usually, or like Hasbro style re- WWF Mattel retros, which I picked one. I got Chris Jericho on Sunday. 
Oh, nice. Uh, I wasn't. I usually sure. have to go in there because I realize I have a special event the next day, and my dress pants aren't dry clean, so I have to go buy a new pair real quick at like two in the morning. Oh. So I owe about seven pairs of. Uh, uh, was that George? Is that what they carry? I've never bought clothes from Walmart. Uh, they're all right. Uh, I bought clothes from Target, but never Walmart because I'm a fancy rich boy. I I buy my my clothes at Super Clearance from American Eagle, so I have no room to talk. Every, almost every single. Hey, hey! I shop at Kohl's. I save two hundred and seventy-five dollars on a fifteen-dollar T-shirt. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah! Look at you, Kohl's cash. You probably got Kohl's cash out of it too. They did. I'm now. I'm gonna come back to the store and spend it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I shop on American. I actually, I don't even shop in American Eagle. I shop at AE.com because I don't like going in stores. And I I wear a medium tall squeezer because I have a long torso. Yeah. So I need like a longer shirt. So there's only one company in the world that, that I know of that sells it. It's called Medium Tall. It's from American Eagle. You can only buy it online. And it's great for me because I don't want to go in a store anyway. So I buy mm -hmm. all my clothes from AE.com. See, we have the exact opposite problem. Like, I need shirts made just wider and shorter. Um, mm. I'm a little wide around the chest, you know. It's a, You know, I got the little some broad shoulders and i'm you know i'm i'm a little awkward just a little oh i'm a little awkward too having a long torso and long arms it's weird yeah but people don't vomit when you take your shirt off and you know public no one vomits when you take your shirt off you're all right we're on you're a handsome <laughs> you're a handsome boy <laughs> so yeah i i, I shot bay and like the t-shirts are marked at like $20 or $24, but there's always like 60% off sale, so you're only paying like $8 for them. I'm a fan of that. I'm just going to ruin everything anyway, so. No, I, I've had all my clothes are American Eagle, and I just stock up every season. I just bought a whole bunch of t-shirts, and, and they're... Uh, American Eagle sells the famed, in my opinion, hoodie t-shirt, which is a t-shirt material, but they make a hoodie out of it. It's pretty much what I wear every day of my life. Every mm -hmm. day. I love them. Well, you're a chilly boy. I am a chilly boy. I like, I need my arms covered, especially if like air conditioning is blowing in a place. I need to be covered up. Uh, uh, see, I I like the I I wish I could without looking like a piece of trash, like take the Billichick approach to everything. Oh, cut your uh, sleeves yeah, off. Yeah, I know. Your... Just wear sleeveless hoodies all day long. No, not me. I need I need full sleeves. I'm a chilly boy. Yeah, I think someone thought when I said t-shirt hoodie, that's what they thought. Like, oh, Billichick. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm opposite. It's a it's a hoodie, full hoodie, sleeves, long sleeves, but um, with uh, the this hoodie itself is made out of t-shirt material so nice oh, nice nice and thin comfortable i wish I could, I could rock a vest more often like a either like a fleece vest or a you bubble used vest, to wear the vests all the time you i were, do from time to yeah. time but then you know you sometimes you just because of that you're like all right now i gotta go kick my own ass why you know? We're at an age anymore where you can wear whatever the fuck you want. Who cares? Yeah, but there's so many people I know that do wear those that oh, I mean would the... love to throw yeah. into an ant 
a hill of fire ants. You know? It's, <sighs> yeah, that's you know, true. Um, so what brought this? Oh, yeah, I was going to Target. You're going to Target. So we went to we went to Walmart to look for the the. So I, I did I tell you last week or a week prior that there the drumstick, the ice cream brand has a cereal now with General Mills and it looks kind of. General Mills put out ice cream cone cereal and it looks similar and I'm very excited about it. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have it. There, uh. There's also something called Fillos, which is like pillows and it looks like that Crave cereal. But there's like a Hershey's chocolate with cream in it, and there's also like a uh, Pillsbury cinnamon with with cream in it. But I got neither of those either, um, so it was it was nothing. But luckily, we wanted little flags for our yard for Memorial Day, so we got those mm-hmm. at Walmart, and the, I got the Chris Jericho WWE retro figure. Well, isn't that what America is all about? Retro WWE figures and American flags. Pretty much. Yeah, these little we got these little flags. We put them in the yard. They're nice. I keep the yard looking very, very good. So, um, were they stapled to the the stick? Yeah. Desecration. I mean, there's so many forms of desecration. The fact that you actually paid money for them, I think, is actually violates the flag code as well. We like to get into this. Yeah, I think I had them laying on the ground on my driveway too, which is also <gasps> blasphemy. Yeah, I know. We were trying to support the flag. Getting there, not so great, but still. Yeah, there's so much flag code. People complain. Yeah. And it's not a uh, law either. It's just a code. No, yeah. It's... Uh, so, regardless. Today, I went to Target. Irregardless. Irregardless. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't use a proper form. <laughs> Can't believe they added that to the fucking dictionary. Wait, what? Yeah. Motherfuckers. Yeah. You can't just make shit. I mean, you can just make shit. So up, many but... people use it. So a certain person we know uses it all the fucking time. <sighs> Regardless, well, I guess it is how words become words. Yeah, but... people using it. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, I went to Target, and today, I, and I need other stuff. We need olive and schmuffany kitty litter. We needed uh, paper towels and whatnot, but I didn't have time for that shit. It was it was during work. I'm gonna get that stuff, but I, I just. Well, if you're at work, paper towels are free. <laughs> All right, I should just take it. I was just like, I walked to the Target, and I beelined it to the cereal section just to see if they had, because early in the day I saw there was a Target exclusive Fruit Loop cereals, birth, strawberry birthday cake. They had, and, and at first I looked, and I go, they don't have any of it. Then like I just looked up, and I'm like, oh shit, they have Cotton Candy Crunch, was which is what I went to look for, Captain Crunch Cotton Candy Crunch, got it. And then I looked, I, I looked down, I was like, oh shit, they have the fucking straw, Fruit Loops strawberry birthday cake too. Got that. They also had peanut butter checks and I didn't get it, but that's new too. I need to go, go back and grab that. And that I'm probably going to actually eat by the handful uh, in the driver's seat before I even get home. Peanut butter checks. Uh, that, that's like me when I buy cheese. Um, also, also uh, there's a cereal I'm hungry for. Chocolate peanut butter pops. It's like it's in the corn pop line. Um. So I, I'm I have, not mad at that. Wait, well, that's, isn't that kind of like the Reese's cereal? No, no, no. It's 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 well, yeah, probably. Okay. But Kellogg's doesn't have one. That's a General Mills squeeze. Oh, okay. I bought so, that for Mrs. Squeezer. I'm not gonna lie. It was goddamn delicious. delicious. Yeah. That's really good. So I have like 
20 cereals that I've gotten since I did my 25 days of cereal that I need to try and I'll probably do a YouTube video on it. Right. <laughs> I got to do it soon and then store the boxes because just like I'm going to watch all these shows today. Not only Enchantress uh, is probably going to kill me if I don't clear off the top of the fridge, but Schmuffin, that's her jam up there and it's getting crowded and I don't want Schmuffin to be upset. Just put all new shelves. Like, uh, I'll help you. We'll put some shelving in. Well, I think uh, Enchantress has one of those glass Ikea cases for her uh, Game of Thrones Funko Pops. And after Like a the... menagerie? What's a menagerie? Um, it's a thing where you keep things in. Okay. You ever hear the glass menagerie? Yeah. Yeah. That's sure. So uh, I think... So unless she decides to melt them all down into a sword and uh, kill the writers of Game of Thrones with it because of the season finale uh, and give me her menagerie, I'm going to have to buy my own, I think, because I've been slowly collecting a loose WWE Hasbro um, and I want to mix them in with the ret current retros. So I think that'd be fun. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. Imagery is not technically the object. It's just the collection of. Oh, so it's not a glass menagerie. Well, a glass menagerie would be like a collection of glass animals. But see, here's the thing. My neighbor this is a uh, had... plastic menagerie. Okay. But my, my neighbor had a collection, like a glass menagerie. And I always thought like... It was the glass hutch with the mirror behind it with all the little glass animals in it. I learn something new every day. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's it's French. Yeah. Um, late 17th century. I'm going to give a shout out. And I normally don't to my sellers because, you know, they didn't give me anything. But um, my man gave me a deal. Hassle Toy on Instagram. HassleToy.com, I think is his website. I got the Nasty Boys Hasbro Loose, like beautiful condition. And then I wanted nails. He was selling nails. And I was like, if I buy nails, will you throw that Virgil in for free? Pretty much. And he said, yes. <laughs> I, I think just for the laugh, he had to. Yeah. So, and I, 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 I am going to make you a little sad table. For I, I wanted Virgil so bad. So I got the Nasty Boys and I, I have Represent. nails. And the nails is like beautiful. It's really good condition. And, um, Probably in better condition than Nails ever was. Yeah, right. And uh, I have Virgil, because Virgil I got for Easter one year, and I love that figure. And now I have him again. And uh, yeah, he's they're all on my desk at work uh, with my other uh, mint on card Hasbros. I've got such a... I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my Hasbro. I, I think I'm going to have to get one of those glass cases. These need to be showcased. They're beautiful. I, the, the, my favorite action figure line of all time, probably. I'm telling you, you just you got to put your big boss man in there with them. Get a mounty, and it, it's just uh, good. Hassle Toy was selling a mounty for like 13 bucks, but it didn't have a shock stick. Oh. Yeah, I need to get the shock stick. Oh, no. Yeah, that's part of the deal. I probably could have minted my own, but you know. Yeah, and then you could have done a video about how you did it. Yeah, well, could have. You know, we're only video professionals. <laughs> easily, <laughs> easily could have. Uh, All right, so uh, we should start the show. We're talking retro sci-fi this week. Last week we yeah. talked uh, retro tech, and it was a popular show. People really dug 
the things we talked about. And was uh, it really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh good. So, what do you think this week? Uh... Um, I'm kind of afraid because I have a few things on my list where it's if you even talk vaguely negative about it, Are you people are going to jump down your throat. Oh. And then at the same time, people are like, oh, this is garbage. All in the same breath. Um, I, I, everything on my list, I'm, I'm, I have a positive thing to say about, except uh, my first one, it, I, I always had a positive thing, and then I rewatched it, and I'm like, oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? Um, yeah, I I even came across some stuff that I thought I liked, and like I, I did. But in watching it again, like I watched a couple episodes of all of these because mm-hmm. it's been so long, except for um, my last pick, which we've talked ad nauseum on this show, but not officially about the film. And I've seen it, you know, three days a week, every day for 20 years. So I'm pretty well versed in it. Um, and, and one, and there was one in particular, I'm like, holy shit, this is so good, especially for what it was intended for, like the audience. And, what I think influenced a lot of people in some shows that we have been in the recent past mm-hmm. that, you know, um, yeah, I had a big popular run in this kind of genre and then died off. Or you could say they died in the first episode and were in purgatory the whole time, even though we told them they were, but they weren't. Mm. Um, and then they were, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Uh, who goes first? I have no idea. Who went first? What were we talking about? I don't know. I was about to ask you, and then you cut the mics and then started playing the music as I was doing it. So I'm like, oh, okay, we'll figure this out on air. And I'm like, oh, this will be awkward. It'll be opening the show with you and I talking about who's going to go first. And instead, you sneezed. And I did. And that bailed us sneezing. out of that. Yeah. Well, let's just play the episode and see here for people. That's fun. All right. That's the start. Yeah, that works. No. Uh... That's me going. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. AT and T, this whole thing where like other no, people's no, no, no. I hear me, I hear apart. me, I hear me. Stop, 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 stop. Uh. Why? Oh, I'm awful. No, you're handsome and your voice is delightful. I hate See, the sound of my voice. They handled that properly. That was out in mass. You could find it anywhere. Oh, wait, was that you uh, or well, was I mean, last week? The internet. That's it last takes week. A little bit of time. Was this that, you? Was this me or was this? It's last like you're week? on an IFB. I'm from. It was, um, uh, I think you went first. With, okay. You know, these really screw with me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you stay on <laughs> while I edit and you could hear because of the feed pullback and it really fucks you up. You're like, are yeah. you talking or is this me? I don't know what first. Um, Couldn't get to it. What was your first pick last week? Well, I'll tell you. I have it right here. I keep logs. Okay. You went with speed. Speed dial, and I went. Okay, so I I had the first pick last week. Ooh, speed dial. That must have been a thrilling show. Well, it gave me nothing to fucking Instagram. Oh, sorry about that. You got plenty this week. You could pull every. In fact, there is one I want to see. Like the. Oh, do you want to rate? Go and see what our most popular Instagram posts were based on last week. I didn't even look. Uh, last week I I just looked at it. Uh, this morning. Uh, uh, is Mark Trail still doing well? <laughs> Mark Trail was okay. Uh, the first I only posted four, so Yak Back 
came out of the gate. I started with one of yours. It's $359. The Nintendo Watch is $824. Then the camcorders, one of your picks, $842. And then winning, what last night, just last night I posted the Fisher-Price Sky Talkers, $933. And it got a repost from... Um, a page that has a lot more followers than we do. Mm. Uh, that that uh, at that that's classic. Po- tagged us, and it they have oh. they have their retweet of our post has two thousand two hundred sixty nine likes. They tagged us in it though. Relive your childhood. Repost from the rad years. Sixty nine comments. Oh, thanks. <laughs> 69. Yeah, that's classic. They have 71.7k followers. And they put po- they post a lot like fucking yeah. I think I think so. 1000 posts would I get Henry. Maybe we post similar. I try to only post once a day. I don't want to inundate your feeds. I try to keep it at a good good level. What do you think, Squeeze? Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, just one a day. And you know, we we you know throw out what's on the show. It's it has a context to it. Right. It kind yeah. it's kind of like a cross promotion kind of thing. That's exactly marketing what it is. geniuses. Right. Genius. So, I <laughs> uh, since I went first last week, you had the pleasure of going first this week. Ready for your first pick? Uh, yeah. All right. It was the dawn of the third age of mankind, ten years after the Earth-Minbari War. The Babylon Project was a dream given form. Its goal, to prevent another war by creating a place where humans and aliens could work out their differences peacefully. It's a port of call, home away from home for diplomats, hustlers, entrepreneurs, and wanderers. Humans and aliens wrapped in 2,500,000 tons of spinning metal, all alone in the night. It can be a dangerous place, but it's our last best hope for peace. This is the story of the last of the Babylon stations. The year is 2258. The name of the place is Babylon 5. Dun, 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 dun. Oh. This has been on my short list for some time. Yeah, and was, this is this was one of the reasons for the uh, uh, the sci-fi show, even just to kind of find a place to put it in. Reason to talk Babylon Five. I never watched Babylon Five. Um, see, here, here's the problem. Was it... I did and I didn't. Wait, Babylon Five. That's I'm thinking Battlestar Galactica. What's the one that there's two versions of? Uh, Battlestar Galactica. Okay. So Battlestar Galactica was and that came out in the seventies with Face, and then they relaunched it in the early two thousands. Okay. Um, so which and the early two thousands did take a lot of cues from this show. Oh, okay. So Dwight liked Battlestar Galactica, not Babylon Five. Uh, yeah. On the office, beats bears Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Um, Babylon 5, so Battlestar Galactica, the original, was very, it was a Star Wars ripoff. 
Uh, uh, it was just trying to cash in on that. Babylon 5, we look back on it. It's like everything that you see, it's like, yeah, we've seen that before. But at the time, it was it was a rarity. Okay. Uh, so it ran for five seasons, and it was... Pl- oh. Go on, Squeeze. I, you got cut off there. Go on. You lose me? Yeah. Okay. It it was a five. It ran for five seasons, mm-hmm. plus uh, so it was 110 episodes and six made-for-TV films, and but it was designed that way, like, uh, um, J. Michael Straczynski, who came up with the show and was uh, one of the lead writers on it, he came up with the idea of it was a space opera and he visualized it with a rising action, a climax, and a fall and. A, it comprised a complete story arc over the course of five seasons. Did tell anyone at HBO about this? Uh, apparently, and I, I hope to God it's true, um, but uh, that's how Westworld is supposed to be. They want five seasons, and they have an arc, and they, have, they know where they're going with it, so they say. Hmm. We'll see. The trailer for the next season like blew my mind. I'm so looking forward to that, even though there's no cowboys. But did you and it had Pink Floyd going to it, so all good. Uh, the show I am a huge fan of, uh, Community. Their joke used to be six seasons and a, six seasons and a movie. They didn't get there. They got their six seasons. They didn't get their movie yet. We'll see. Uh, so, well, they got five, and it was meant to be five. Hence Babylon 5, even though it was just a fifth. And there's Babylon 4, but I digress. Um, it, it was cool because at the time, too, it had much bigger concepts. And these, like I said, it was a five-season story arc. And there were small stories that were concluded within one episode. Others carried through a couple episodes, so went season to season. And then there's some that kind of wove their way through everything. And we mm-hmm. take that for granted now. But this came out in uh, the early 90s. This came out in 94 when you didn't have that. And stuff was much more. You had, like, your procedurals and stuff like that. And there was no, like, long-form storytelling, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, MIPD Blue, was that doing its thing at this point? Uh, what, what year? 94. Yeah, and YPD Blue. Yeah, so you and and you had other shows like you had like the commission stuff, but it it was much more like they they there was a small part of the story that carried over, like just basically the the character and their family life or whatever, and there might be a little drama here and there, or a couple recurring characters throughout. But this is where like the story is what car- drove the show, and it dealt with some big ideas and big ideas that weren't really part of. Uh, you know, TV at the time, and like dealing with like totalitarianism and religion, and and all the stuff that people are so proud of that to to say like the new Battlestar Galactica, like wow, they did all this great stuff, like and I, it's great, I love it, and but they dealt with it on Babylon Five. The, the issues arise where they're also dealing with a limited budget. They came in with just over half a million dollars an episode in a sci-fi show. That's about what it costs to do an episode of uh, the Radiators podcast, just FYI, people. Roughly. Roughly. Um, So those pins are going to go a long way. Um, 
And uh, so, so the um. I th- sorry, did I throw you off there? <laughs> you did. Ah, oh, damn it! I had a clever thought too. Mm, um, and these shows are expensive. You know, there's what makeup, network did it CGI, run on? Uh, and also the turnaround. What so, network did it run on? Uh, it ran on. I'm glad you asked. Primetime Entertainment Network. What the fuck? It was a Warner Brothers network uh, pr- prior to the WB. Uh oh. So I don't was it? I remember Babylon Five, but I don't remember Primetime Entertainment Network. That's what it launched on, yeah. What did it run on before WB? WB launched in I think ninety seven. Were you sure it wasn't syndicated? I, I it was syndicated. Yeah. Um, but this was its primary. It it was uh launched and released for this you know network. Yeah, it was syndicated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there in like there's a problem where you know there is. I, I again I don't want to be negative on it because there it did deal with some great ideas. It was original and and it was it was different. But and then at at the high end there were all these big ideas. And then the low end when it came to time for like some dialogue and banter, mm-hmm. you didn't have Sork in there. Mm. And there are some really just the exchanges oh shit neil like, neil gaiman like... contributed to this show mm-hmm. oh a lot of people yeah there was uh i love neil the enchantress and i both love neil gaiman um yeah it, it just there there were a couple of douche chilly moments where i'm like ooh, there is that like that forced dialogue mm-hmm. um Almost like someone was going to take their sunglasses off, and the Who was going to start playing any second. Um, yeah, I want to say like some of some of the scenes and the set pieces and everything felt very like Sunday afternoon syndicationy. Uh, I'm talking about you, Relic Hunter. Um, oh shit! They sued Deep, Deep Space Nine for ripping them off. Uh. They didn't outright sue. There were accusations of plagiarism. So uh, the creator of Babylon 5 originally pitched the idea to Paramount. And they're like, thanks. And he gave them everything. He gave them, like, the Bible and, like, 20-some episodes worth of material. And we're talking show Bible, not the King James Version. Yes. Just for you people out there who don't know what he's talking about. And uh, they said, thanks, but no thanks. And then at the same time, or just months later, uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine launched about a space station full of a variety of different aliens isolated in space. And they are basically the fulcrum in which war is prevented and uh, drama ensues. Mm-hmm. So you could see where they're like, eh, we're a little close here. Uh, but the thing is, I mean, Star Trek was already, you know, a monster. And at no point does uh, uh, Michael J. Straczynski even say that they stole his ideas. That, like, the creators of Deep Space Nine, that they had their idea, they were doing it, 
And Deep Space Nine came about, you know, after it was the first Star Trek series after Gene Roddenberry died, and you can tell about it. And I want to go back, and I, at some point we're going to talk Deep Space Nine because after I watched this, and I knew there was controversy going way back for a while now. I watched the first episode of Babylon Five, and I watched the first episode of Deep Space Nine, and holy shit, I forgot how good Deep Space Nine was. And it was dark for a Star Trek show, and for that time, it was dark and it was different. Um, and it, it that holds up. Uh, Babylon Five, the big picture stuff, does hold up. It's great. The, the Deep Space Nine had a budget more than twice a Babylon Five, mm-hmm. and they were also in a world and the production department established with creating Star Trek shows. Right. So to do like the ships and all the space stuff, it was easy for them. Not, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to say it was easy, but the, the system was in place and they worked with a lot of models. Right. And models back in the day looked better than CGI. And sometimes in this day, I will still argue some models look better than the CGI. Right. The CGI in Babylon 5 reminds you like you're in playing like Windows, like Microsoft Flight Simulator. It's a little choppy. It's like TIE Fighter. It's for the time, like you have to appreciate it in a bubble. Like now you're like, really? That? Just like any. Yeah. Yes. And and you could tell like in, in. in the fighter pilot scenes where it's like, oh, they're in a cockpit and stuff. And it's like, oh, he just sat in a chair and put a helmet on and they right. just framed it tight and you can't tell. Mm-hmm. To be fair, they did that with Robert Downey Jr. for the last like 15 years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like one of the most genius inventions that I, I would assume John Favreau came up with. Like the POV, his face in, in the... Um, the heads up display for when he's doing Iron Man. It's genius, genius, genius stuff. Um, and it did at the same time when we're talking about like the, the space scenes and the fighter space fighter scenes, it does break like the cardinal rule. And I don't even know if there's a cardinal rule, but it's the one thing that drives me crazy. And every show does it. And it's for the convenience of casting and people remembering characters and faces. And my favorite shows, uh, the West Wing does it. Battlestar Galactica does it. Whereas it takes a number of jobs and condenses it into one role where you have the commander of the intergalactic space station also goes and flies in the fighter in combat and also is the lead investigator and is also the judge and is also has a love life. And, you know, so it's like... It, I almost think Star Wars almost pulled it off by having just Finn be a fighter pilot or uh, Poe be a fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. Like that made me so excited. I'm like, oh, that's his gig. It's not. It's not a farm boy that's a Jedi and the best fighter pilot. No, he is the best fighter pilot. Right. You know. Uh, so I, I am a fan of that. So that kind of like a little too much going on. Um, there and there's two other points I just want to make about which I, I love. And they said the one rule going into it was, uh, it was a a space opera, a drama for adults, and it, it based a lot of it in science. And he had two rules, and it was no kids or cute robots. 
No kids are cute robots. Uh, I like cute robots, so. Yeah, I know. Um, and one last thing to leave you on, which I found really interesting and really made me appreciate it was, this came out in 1994. Can you tell me what aspect ratio you think this show was shot in? Um, well, I'm assuming it was distributed in 4x3, but they probably mm-hmm. shot it in 16 by 9 They shot it in 16 by 9 because they looked and they saw a laser disc taking off right. and saw it as a possibility of the future. And in fact, there are scenes in the show in the first episode where there are 16 by 9 monitors up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, this would have been the same time that they were shooting Strange Days. Mm-hmm. Remember, we talked previously in another episode how Strange Days, they have, like, to show that they're in the future, they have a 16 by 9 TV. Um, so they actually shot the show in 16 by 9, focusing the primary action within a 4 by 3 safe area, and then they would just crop it. Uh, so if you were to go and watch, like, a good quality version of it today, of the original, it, it's in 16 by 9, ready to go. It's on, I watched it, it's on uh, Amazon Prime, but the quality is not exactly great. It seems like they didn't go through too much work to remaster it. Hmm. But the story's there. Yeah, they shot it on, did they shoot it on film? I believe so. Yeah, because at, at the time that sh- would have been uh, yeah. most single camera show. That would have been most cost. Eff- that would have been. Yeah, they definitely shot on film. So, then they just some the right person has to just go through and and do a, a clean up, and you could put it 4K if you want if it's film. Yeah. Um, but it, this is one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to go back and rewatch Babylon Five, which I would love to, because it starts off slow, and then it gets deeper and more complicated and, and and it grows as the show goes on. Um, eh. we'll, we'll see uh, how true to it I stay. The problem was when I watched it as a kid, I didn't like stick to it because it was syndicated when I watched it and I would catch one here or there. Mm-hmm. So like for me, that big overarching plot and, uh, didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't make sense. Right. Um, uh, so I kind of want to go back and rewatch it for that aspect and see uh, how well that does hold up over time. Oh, okay. Uh, so my first pick, uh, I made my list, I sent it to you, and then I went to see if uh, Enchantress was already asleep, and I went to see if I could uh, watch one of these picks and just watch it again. And, um, well, here's my first pick. So afraid I wasn't gonna make this flight, so I sent uh, David here yeah. to come and pick up my boarding pass. But, um, but, but now uh, David has to go. Thank you. Bye. I am Corbin Dallas. Please report any fashions immediately to the 
And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Yeah. Multipass. Uh, Multipass. You know this Multipass. Lilu Dallas, my wife. We're newlyweds. Just met. Multipass. <laughs> favorite scene. A lot of people's favorite scene. So, I, I don't. I tried to figure this out. Uh, why so many people? I don't. I've never met anyone who hasn't seen The Fifth Element. <laughs> like everyone's seen this movie. It's rated R, first of all. Correct. Uh, I think so. And it's not meant for children at all. There's nudity. I mean, I mean, it's Mila Jovovich. It's probably the reason most of us have seen yep. it, man and woman. Um, mm-hmm. She's the perfect being. And it starts off so weird. Those is, is so. I always wondered this as a kid: Is she Amanda Shawin? Is she one of those big, weird, like pencil face? The not the pencil. I don't know how to describe these. You know, those big gold motherfucking aliens that show up in Egypt. I don't know what the hell happened at any point during this entire movie ever. The plot makes so. I watched it again. The plot makes no sense. So uh, it starts off in Egypt. Luke Perry is there, and they're they're trying to uncover some hieroglyphics, and they, he discovers it. And this priest that's working with these big aliens comes down, and they have to take the stones and the sarcophagus, which has a supreme being, which would be Mila Jovanich, and they take it on the ship to prevent it from being stolen during World War One. That's about to start off, and it, it's it's the uh, the uh, the weapon they use to fight some evil that happens every great evil that every 5,000 years cut like smash cut to 2,263, which is 200 and some years from now they're in uh, New York city and uh, that, that uh, big ball of fire, which is the great evils attacking mm-hmm. earth. Oh, oh wait, did it, did fifth element takes place just 250 years from now. 250 some years. Uh, less, uh, I'm so glad you reminded me of that. I forgot because Babylon 5 also takes place just like 200 and some years from now. And maybe 25 years ago, everyone's like, oh, yeah, this was what the future could be like. And in that 25 years, we already we all realized, no, no, we're still going to be driving like, you know, Honda CRVs. This is very much so when I was a kid, I rented. After I saw Fifth Element, I rented Heavy Metal from Blockbuster. Yep. And I had some odd feelings about scenes in Heavy Metal. I got some odd feelings there, too. Yeah. and But the, there was an instant, like, I, everything in Heavy Metal reminded me of this movie. I don't know if he ripped it off, Luke Besson. Hmm. Uh, did you ever think of that? Like the Harry Canyon and uh, Corbin Dallas are both like very similar. Harry, the cab driver is saving okay. the woman. He's very much like Bruce Willis in the fifth element, like uh, Corbin Dallas. Hmm. So I was reading this one take, this hot take. And they said that for some reason, the movie like just hates women and femininity. So I guess no women appear in the movie in, until really uh, the supreme being, and any women that do appear are kind of like butched up, and then all like masculinity is like really feminized, like 
Ruby Rod and uh, like the men to make uh, just to make Bruce Willis's Corbin Dallas appear more masculine. <laughs> I'm like, what? I guess, but but I I think like a lot of uh, in uh, he got shit for Ruby Rod, Chris Tucker, as he 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 was nominated for a Razzie, he might have won. But I think the interactions between Ruby Rod and Corbin Dallas are some of the best parts of that movie. Mm -hmm. Like just the way he blows them off. And I thought, and Bruce Willis is great in the movie. Just the yeah. plot goes nowhere. It's well, I just I just read. I guess he was 16 when he started writing this. Yeah, he came up with the idea when he was 16. A lot of people said he ripped this off from Star Wars. I, I don't get that, but he apparently came How up with How do you get this from Star Wars? Yeah, and it, it, he came up with this idea before Star Wars right, First even of all, this out. takes place in the future, and Star Wars was a long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. God damn right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's odd. He stores the, the uh, stones and um, the giant tall opera singer and that scene gets really weird because all of a sudden Lilu like kicks ass but for some reason like starts hating humanity I, I don't know and then they they blow up the the main villain but the main villain is actually that big ball in the sky the plot's just really out of control and one of the coolest articles I found was on uh, tour.com says 20 years on, The Fifth Element is still one of the best slash worst sci-fi films ever. Released in May 9th, 1997, um, Luc Besson's is the most expensive French film ever made and the highest grossing French film ever. Uh, it made a lot of money, probably because Bruce Willis was fucking huge at the time. Yeah. And it says, 20 years later, no one could seem to agree where it belongs in the pantheon of sci-fi cinema. You have to see it. That's it. Yeah, it's you have to see it and you appreciate it for what it is. And I I get why people don't like it. I, I I get that. But there isn't much like I I would I still watch bad sci-fi and I I say that lovingly. How, how, like, it, uh, it's one of those things where you you can get away with if it's yeah. a little campy or just it's just someone using their imagination. It almost seems like uh, Corbin Dallas is like uh, Michael Scarn or uh, what? What's Andy Dwyer's name? Uh, uh, Agent. Um, what's his FBI name on Parks and Rec? Oh, Burt Macklin. Burt Macklin. Yeah. Like, like he's almost like a Burt Macklin character. Like he's a cab driver and he used to be a major in the special forces, but he's out of that now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And well, it, it sounds like something that a sixteen-year-old came up. Right, with. he has to come back for a beautiful woman. And and all the women are over-sexualized. All the women over-sexualized. Like all you see is like these like super sexualized stewardesses or these McDonald girls, but like every woman before that is very like butch and masculine, just to make her seem super sexy because she's a mm -hmm. supreme being. And then all the men are like super feminized to make him seem super masculine. I don't know if that's a French or European thing, but yeah. And then you have Gary Oldman. And he's great in a movie. Like he plays a really weird turn. He's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I, 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 I love him. In it's it. also funny. And, uh, 
like there's some really good like like Zorg's ta- um, Gary Oldman's tantrums, and um, I never understood what that brown liquid that came out of his head was. Was it sweat? <laughs> was it blood? Was it something we don't even know about? Uh, Ruby Rod is hysterical in the show, and uh, you know Chris Tucker does it very well. Even though he was nominated for a Razzie, I thought it's funny. Uh, there's there's a lot of good fucking parts in the movie. The the, the plot just kind of sucks. Yeah, the and the the imagery itself. It's like if if you show a, any any clip from this movie. Like people immediately know what it is. Like it's one of those things. Same thing. Like like Dick Tracy. Like we talked about the visual oh, of yeah, Dick that... Tracy. How you saw it and you know it. When you see any clip of the Fifth Element, you know you're talking about the Fifth Element. Yeah, because the production designers were you know were comic book artists from Europe. That movie Valerian that Luke Besson did with the kid from our hometown, that kind of like shit the bed. Those oh, yeah. comic books were the ones he based the look on this movie from. So, um, yeah, Fifth Element, and you go. I dare you to go to Comic Con and not find at least one Lilu. So, I'm gonna go and watch this. It's on Netflix. You can watch yeah, it. Yeah, I can actually. I can. Then again, pretty much all but one of these shows, I can. One of my picks, you shouldn't be able to watch more of, but I can watch all of my one pick when I can't watch any of my other pick, just because. I'm not going to spend $130 on DVDs on Amazon. All right, here's your next bit. Introducing Star Trek The Next Generation, a final unity on PC CD ROM. Take the bridge. Make it so. Explore fascinating new worlds. Unravel alien mysteries and defend the Starship Enterprise. To boldly go where no one has gone before. A final unity from Spectrum Holobyte. An original interactive adventure with the actual voices of all the crew. Now, if I was a podcasting professional, I remembered that this was my next clip and I would have had a better transition error because this is one of those things where I can watch, uh, you know, hours of on YouTube because people have uploaded all the gameplay to this. So you can check it out yourself if you want. Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, A Final Unity for PC. Ah, I never heard of it. Uh, this is everything uh, a Star Trek fan would love. I mean, it's basically a, a, a role-playing game for you to just, you know, uh, immerse yourself, basically, in a Star Trek episode. Uh, the graphics for the time are great. There's some uh, misses here or there. Um, and... Uh, the controls in the actual action aren't mm-hmm. the greatest, but right. that's not what it's about. It's about like, the interface, and you get to like basically play around on the Enterprise, and you get to play with all the little you know gadgets and you know um, tricorders and stuff, and 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 go on you know go on missions, but you're it, it's not a, you know it's not an action game, it's an adventure game, so it's more 
puzzle solving and problem solving stuff like that mm-hmm. um and just a uh, i i just i remember playing this game and being so bad at it whereas now i'd probably absolutely fall in, i i was in love with it then it was a lot of fun and it was cool because all the the cast did all the voices mm-hmm. uh, so it was it was fun but i was also an idiot so I would always end up getting killed. It's like, oh, they've locked their disruptors on to me. Oh, I'm going to fire photon torpedoes. Oh, I'm dead. Or I started a war. Um, I, wasn't the, I wasn't the best 12-year-old at talking my way out of circumstances. <laughs> um, I'm not the best 35, 36-year-old talking my way out of circumstances. Bullshit. I see you work your magic. All right, you're right. I and I just I just have to look at people and give them a little grin and a gleam in my eye and they go, oh you, <laughs> <laughs> just like your your uh, every everyone of course everyone loves you on the podcast everyone loves your character on our new logo. It's just so adorable. I love it too. I want to get a stuff you made of it and on the pin. Oh, I was I was looking at options for stuff. I wouldn't. Looking, but man, some of the stuff I was looking at can get expensive. Yeah, I have got this connection in China for stuffies. Don't worry. If, oh Jesus! If we ever get popular enough that we no, to... no, it can't. No, I wanted to give it to my kid. Well, everything comes from China. Uh, yeah, but at least it's got to. You got to send it made in China. Send it to America, and then they sew an American tag on it. Uh, if anyone's interested all the merch we're getting before the stuffies is made in america our pins are made in america manufactured in america anything else that squeezer might not know about that i can't say is made in america you really are just making and buying stuff insanely you walked in my office with a flag this morning yeah it's a nice life i just got those for me and you though yeah those were awesome yeah that was just a little like to celebrate the logo yeah but merch is coming, and I hope that you people, uh, you beautiful, beautiful, wonderful people, uh, are interested in, in purchasing it. Not at cost, just to pay back what I paid for it. Right, right, Olive? I got a little Olive Pern in it, my lap right just, now. It is cool seeing the logo absolutely everywhere that we work. Yeah. And not just where we work, because we work at a lot of different places. And I had nothing to do with it, but everywhere I look now, there's a sticker somewhere. Yeah, they're, they're, the boys are putting them <laughs> everywhere, and we gotta yeah. appreciate that. And our, our friend, uh, our one friend who just started listening, um, he's very excited for a shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really... Uh, well, he, he's going in order, so he'll probably lose interest by the time he gets to this point, but... <laughs> It's kind of awkward now, I and mean, like he talks to me in a way that like, he likes me. Yeah, right. And not just to use me because I need to drive a truck. Right. Now that he likes, you know, we, we amuse him, and it's a good thing. And it's funny because he comes back and like reminds me of stuff that I said over two years ago. I know it's been like, a while now. We've been doing yeah. this. Um, yeah, I think we're still like in the same room together, where he's at. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, for a while we, we couldn't be doing this show now like we do. No, <laughs> we we're still in the same. Had to be in the same room. Yeah, together. the remote style is. It gives us freedom to just go give you guys long shows. Ramble on. Ramble uh, on. 
Talk about at, at two in the morning. Uh, it's thirteen minutes from two in the morning. Yeah. Uh, oh, about uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation: The Final Unity. Mm-hmm. All right. So it, it was a uh, MS DOS and a uh, uh, Mac, and I uh, I remember this. So and it was produced by Spe- Spectrum Holobyte. Mm-hmm. Holobyte. Uh, it's one of those logos. One of those, uh, you wouldn't call it a jingle. One of those, you just, you you see that and you hear it and like, wow, oh, I remember those games. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, um, it's something where like, what is it about PC games with like the point and click adventure kind of stuff that it feels so satisfying? I, I... Whereas if you, if you were doing it, if you had the exact same game, uh, on you know, I, th- I think it was the work console. required to get it going. You couldn't just put it in and hit a button and start playing. You had to boot up. There was commands. You know, uh, there was there was there was stuff to it, and it wasn't something you played every day either, right? It was like I don't know. I I I, I think fondly like. We look at computer games from back then with rose-colored glasses too, because sometimes it like we get those shareware discs and they wouldn't load right. It, it, there was commands, there was there was work involved in them. Yeah, no, but it, even that, but just the gameplay itself was work. Like it was this wasn't the most fluid of games. Like the the the, the away like, missions were clunky. We're talking about a generation that. You know, we love it. Like, the reason we have an iPhone and an Android is because it's easy. Like, yeah, you could do more with an Android, but an iPhone just makes it easy. It's there, you click it, and it works. You know, no computer was that easy back in the day. I even remember the last time... When did I stop using a PC? When did I go to... I know exactly when I did. Apple. uh, Let's see. It was February of 2001. Last time. First, I got my iMac. And it was the last time I, I ever used. I never went back. I want to say it was probably. I think I had that day. Was right. I in college? I want to say it was 2006 when I I bought my MacBook Pro. I just graduated college. Um, and in college, I have my Inspirion, my like 500 pound laptop sorry. slab. February of 2002. I just looked. I got my first iMac. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was using OS X 10.2. <laughs> now they're on like well, I think I'm on about uh, this Mac. Uh, which one am I using now? 10.11.6. I'm on 10.10.14.1. Oh shit! I gotta run some updates, huh? Yeah. I just finally canceled my Adobe subscription here, so I'm happy with that. So, but yeah, I've been a Mac guy since O2. And and I remember leaving it because the whole PC thing was I liked the backdoor aspect of it. You know, like there was always that way to finagle yourself around like an issue with, you know, a program or just the the way you could customize it in a sense, you know, in to your liking or... And then I, I just went, I don't know, I went to Mac because of, for editing purposes, it was, you know, with Same. the MacBook Pro, it was... Yeah, Final Cut Pro. 
Final Cut Pro was, was the way to go. Going me there. And then I just got used to it. And I realized I didn't need all those back doors because it just does it for me. Yeah. And you, you do. You get you get kind of lazy with it. And I'm like, and if you told me, hell, I had to figure something out on one of our systems uses Windows XP yet. And I'm like, shit, this looks familiar. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember how I would do any of these. Like, I wouldn't know. I knew every which way around, every which way but loose. And there was an orangutan and all kinds of shit. And I knew what I was doing. Um, that was the same thing like my grandfather. Like, he had a computer. And he's like, I'm having a problem. I'm like, all right, let me look at it. And I have, I don't even know what I'm looking at. Like, how to even get to where I'm going anymore. I know. Uh, it's, it's tough. I had to uh, troubleshoot. A, a band showed up with a laptop. They wanted to run content off it. And it was Windows. And I was like, I don't know how to use this. <laughs> yeah, it kind of made me stupid. Yeah. Um, but there's something, there's certain kind of games that just work better on a computer. And I, w- I would say, like, these kind of, like, point-and-click adventure games, obviously because you have a mouse. But even if you had a mouse, because you could get a mouse for a console, I, I think it... It sounds crazy, but it's also like just a posture and an interface kind of thing. Whereas a game like this, or like a real-time strategy game like a StarCraft, um, they just work better when you you feel more concentrated. You know, like you're at a keyboard and the mouse and the screen right in front of you, and you're in control of like your environment and you're manipulating it very precisely. Whereas it doesn't translate. Those games don't translate as well to a console where you're kind of sitting back, even with, if you had a mouse in place of, a, a, a game of a pad, you know, am I crazy? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. That's oh. why like oh. uh, a lot of those systems released like um, mice and keyboards, you know, I'm getting super snuzzles from Olive right now, so. Aw, super snuzzles. Yeah, for me, though, it's all, it's a it's a posture. There are games where I like to play. Like, I have an old version. You can get them for free off the website, but I download a whole bunch of uh, Command and Conquers, like uh, Tiberian Sun and all that stuff. And to sit and play and, like, the, the, the aspect of, like, your hands on the keyboard and sitting at a desk and doing it, it's, I don't know, it just, it feels better. And because I had Command and Conquer on console, and it just wasn't the same. Yeah. Uh, just like when Doom and Wolfenstein were released on consoles, they just weren't the same. Yeah. Even though they're first-person shooters, maybe it's because like the just a lot of no people only will play first-person shooters with mice and keyboard. I you know and and uh, that I prefer I would prefer to play that way because to me I'm just clicking. I can't I don't I can't take the mental anguish of a 12 year old just destroying me quick scoping me with a control pad. And I just, I suck. And then I just take back the store and trade in for something that doesn't require me to play online with other people. Speaking of how's red dead young, uh, really great. The updates, a lot of fun. I'm at 15 days straight now. So I'm at like two X bonus on my goal doing challenges. I log in for a minute a day just to like, you know, cook a rabbit and then I'm good to go. And then when Aww. I do get to play, then I get a nice little bonus. And I got myself a nice raccoon hat when I quick got home and logged in. My, Things are going well. 
mine's still in the cellophane. One day. You can join my posse. It's the Merkin Fur Traders. Merkin Fur Traders, that's great. Yes. The backstory of my guy is he saw a lot of shit, but now in his golden years of life, he decimates the wild animal population to make uh, uh, hair coverings for syphilis-riddled vaginas. Mm. I like that you uh, put a you little role play it. a little. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, here's my next pick. And uh, I'm going to have to like set this up a little bit. Oh, shit. I don't think I ever downloaded right. I'll just play it from the website because fudge it. Uh, so, way to censor yourself. What's that? Way to censor yourself. You're welcome. Sci-fi. So what I'm talking about is the Sci-Fi Network launch, and it started off on the network with a channel with a countdown, and this is what happened when it counted down into the final seconds. Uh, we're in five. Four, three, two, So that was a big graphical open, and then it goes into September 24th, 1992. The Sci-Fi Channel is dedicated to the memory of two uh, two science fiction pioneers, Dr. Isaac Asimov and Gene Roddenberry. And then it went into its like AI thing, and uh, basically introduced it's. It, it was like it was from the future. And it found a copy of uh, Star Wars, and it was playing it for us. And then we could go into why I loved sci-fi when it launched. There was two channels that launched in 92 that were picked up on our cable system. And they are uh, Cartoon Network Mm -hmm. and Sci-Fi Channel. Sci-Fi played Star Wars started with star wars and played tons of star wars and like you saw like any today or night you could turn it on and see like a star it played a lot of star trek too don't get me wrong which i was like ah it's fucking star trek again and in 92 probably played like old Battlestar galactica shit Mm -hmm. but i was more interested in the fact that it played star wars (laughs) because it wasn't so easy to see Star Wars back then, you know, unless you rented it from Blockbuster. Yeah, and that that and this was before they came out with the trilogy box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I got my Star Wars. The only place I ever got to watch Star Wars is I would rent the tapes from the library, and they were beat to shit. Hoth was just white noise. Yeah, I bet all that like broadcast on like it probably just. White just gets torn immediately. Mm-hmm. 
old NTSC shit. Uh, so they, uh, a couple of guys wanted to launch it in 1990, but uh, they couldn't, didn't have the resources. In 92, uh, USA Networks decided to pick it up in a joint venture between Paramount and Universal Studios. Uh, they were putting Drac- they're putting the Universal Monster movies on it. They're putting Rod Sterling's Night Gallery on it. They're putting Star Trek on it. And um, Gene Roddenberry and Isaac Asimov were uh, on the initial advisory board, but they both died before the channel launched. Uh, it's just kind of heartbreaking. I know. Especially for guys that like look towards the future that get to see it. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, they saw it, or but like, they if, didn't. If they, were to, they saw it, but they, they didn't see it. it. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's well, it's their ideas, their imagination. That I mean, how much actual tech came out of the fiction of Star Trek? Yeah. There's a whole. There. I'm pretty sure there's a whole Modern Marvels episode about that. So, um, in '94, Paramount was sold to Viacom. And Seagram's purchased a controlling stake in MCA, uh, which was a universal (laughs) subsidiary from Matt Matt Sushita that next year. In 97, Viacom sold its stake in USA Network to Universal, who spun off all its television assets to Barry Diller uh, to a new company, Studios USA. Three years later, Diller would sell Studios USA back to Universal by then a subsidiary of Venvidi SA, um, at the time a company known as Venvidi Universal. Venvidi Film and Television Production and Cable Television Assets were then merged with uh, General Electric's NBC to form NBC Universal in 2004. And then in 2010, Comcast purchased NBC Universal, which then took control of Sci Fi. <laughs> Which was then purchased by the Scheinhardt Wig Company. <laughs> yes. Uh, Scheinhardt's the parent company of all of them. Uh, and then at, at some point, they decided to rebrand it Sci-Fi, S-Y-F-Y. I think they C-fi. went... Sci-Fi. I think they went back to Sci-Fi now, though, right? No, it's still uh, S-Y-F-Y. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't even know what they... I know they were putting... that WWF was on Sci-Fi. Well, ECW was on Sci-Fi at one <laughs> point. I don't yeah. know why, um, but it uh, was programming. They're they're just looking for stuff. They could have. They would have been better off airing old Superstars episodes because I mean, some of those Max Moon, some of those characters would fit in yeah, pretty well. There you so go. Sci-fi. Um, their problem now is they're competing with so many other sources where I can watch other sci-fi stuff yeah that's not just their problem yeah. that's every fucking Everyone's cable network's problem and that they're all desperately trying to get uh original content and yeah and, I know. and it's tough when you don't have the same budget as say an amc or an fx yeah or netflix or hulu mm-hmm. or amazon or any of or them. or cbs whatchamacallit oh my god like i told you before i think the best show on television is fucking uh, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. If you want a show that's going to ma- blow your mind, make you think, maybe make you cry, and make it a good way, and may make you, like, uh, and really just blow your mind, watch Twilight. I'm only, we're only four yep. episodes in. More than Black Mirror? Yeah, absolutely. Huh, okay. We're only four in. 
and it's just it's just mind blowing how good it is. He's he's uh, everyone involved in the show is 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 freaking uh, phenomenal talent. It's really good. I Did I you watch it, Love Death and Robots. No, it was. I know. I, I watched it, but... a, a few. I I haven't watched all of them. It was really good. So I, I was like hesitant in the show and I, I wanted to watch the, I, we watched the second one cause it was, uh, a remake of terror at 30,000, 33,000 feet, you know, where William Shatner saw William the Shatner. goblin on the wing mm-hmm. and it was with Adam Scott from, um, parks and rec and it was really, they did a really, they did a really good take on it and I like, I liked it. And then she's like, she, uh, Enchantress wanted to watch another one and it was really good. And then we watched another one and I'm like, Fuck, man. They're just really blowing your mind. And see, the difference between, um, I think, Black Mirror and, and Twilight Zone is that there's hope in Twilight Zone. Black Mirror kind of seems hopeless most of the time. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. Like, there's no positive outcome that could come from it. But Well, that's a little realistic now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Twilight Zone is different. It's, it's really good. I would, I mean, at some point... If, even if you buy the free month, just once it's all over, just to, to breeze through it. That's a good idea. You'll get through it pretty quick. It's it's a good watch. And then, but I, I know you'll buy the free month. You'll watch it, and then you'll watch one of the new Star Trek, and you'll get hooked, and then you're on you're on board for. And then you be yelling uh, at me for spending six dollars a month when you gave it, up. It beats sixty dollars. Yeah, sixty dollars a month for Adobe. Yeah. But yeah, Sci-Fi Network. I remember when it launched. My dad was so excited to tell me that. And Cartoon Network. We both we put them on both at the same time. Ninety ninety two. It was huge. Yeah. That 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 channel was a huge part of my childhood. Like there was, you know, you could program your remote to like remember a couple channels, mm-hmm. and that that was one of them. I mean. And then they picked up MST3K, which was the sweetest. Yeah, they, that's really all they ran during the day for a lot. Yeah. Comedy Central and them all played Mystery Science Theater. Good uh, sci-fi pick. Were you, you, oh, you were just going to say good pick, thinking it was me. That was You were just about to compliment yourself, weren't you? I did compliment myself. You did? Yeah. It's all right. It's, I did think pick. it was a good pick. I got it first because I, I knew... Pick. I knew you had a lot of things to talk about, and I knew uh, I... we could do about ten episodes named sci- at first. Like you know, I I threw this out there a long time ago, and then it was on the list. I'm like, oh shit, and I'm scrambling. I'm like, I need five things. Yeah, and then I'm like, at four, I'm like, oh, I need a fifth. And next thing I know, I have thirty. Well, you know why I got my list to you so soon. I was like, I need to get these before he picks them because I this is all I could talk about. No, that's not true. Uh, I could probably... If you think about it. Yeah, I could probably dig and find more. I but... was a big sci-fi nerd. Yeah. Still am. I love it. I was... And, and, like, if you could... Like, I was comic books, combine you know? my two... Like, combine my sci-fi world and my western world and give me one thing. I think Michael Crichton did that. Not cowboys and aliens. And he did. He did. There, there's three things out there for me. There's Westworld... And there's a new Westworld, which is great, but now it's kind of back in the future again. Um, Cowboys and Aliens with uh, James Bond, which 
we won't talk about it on this show. The comic and, book's and, better though. Is it? Yeah, uh, you'd it like it. Happy. Uh, I got, I still got to I'm only part part way through East of West. I got to go back and reread it and start all over again. That's phenomenal. Um, I know I was I was talking about it for a while. I was reading it. Covert Nerd did a whole thing on it, and he was telling me, "Yes, read it. It's amazing." Yeah, uh, uh, Scott Rosenberg's uh, Cowboys and Aliens is holds up way better than the the movie. You'd oh, like it. Good. And then uh, there was another show, um, a cowboy in space. I'm trying to think of the name. Oh, come on, come on. What's the name of it? Uh, Brave Star. <laughs> oh yeah, that does. There it is. It all it all comes together. That was about a four minute setup right there for me to say yeah. Brave Star on this yeah. show. Well, you got to get it in. You did. You got it in. Ah. Uh, too bad Landstalker is not sci-fi. No, no, but it will be on the Sega Genesis Classic, so I'm sure That's we'll all be hearing more about it in the not-so-distant future. Irregardless. Irregardless. Uh, okay, uh, <laughs> ready for your next pick? Let's do it. Oh, this is that one that, like, this has been on the list for a long, long time. What's this? Uh, this is the theme song to the 1992 uh, reimagining of the 1970-something series created by Roger Price, The Tomorrow People. Hmm. Do you remember this show at all? Uh-uh. It ran on Nickelodeon. Okay. Um, so here's the thing. I was talking a while back, and we talked about this show for a second. For the longest time, probably for mm, 25 plus years, 20 years, we'll, we'll go 20, we'll be, no, I'm trying to remember what the hell this show was about some kids on a beach in the ocean with an alien spaceship and they teleport all over the place. And I couldn't remember what the hell it was. And then a while back, how long ago did we do the show where I talked about you can't do that on television. Uh, you that know, was a while famous... ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Was it was it a Nickelodeon show that we did? Yeah, I think it was the Nick show. It was a Everything Nick show. Nick. Um, and You Can't Do That on Television is a Canadian series that was brought to the America via a Nickelodeon. And we all know how amazing uh, You Can't Do That on Television is. Um, which was created by uh, Roger Price. And then in my research, I'm just scrolling through. I'm like, all right, you can't do it on television. He did this. He did that. He did Tomorrow People. That sounds familiar. Tomorrow People. Click. Holy shit. This is my show I've been looking for for how long? Like, easily 15 years. I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm trying to remember what this show is. And my ability to Google search is subpar by far, uh, much less than my rhyming and my timing. Oh. So, I like, what? You just rhymed. Oh. Damn. It's like I knew what I was doing. 
It is, but it's I don't... a shoe in. Yeah. Ah. Um, oh. So this show. What's that? You want me to stop? No, no, I like it. Let it go. N- okay. Uh, it was a good. It was a good rhyme. I, I'll take it. All right. I'll allow it. I, I'll allow it. What's that judge from? Uh, I just stole Law that order. from uh, Mark Bernard. Yeah. I'll allow it. Man. Beyond. Um, yeah, Fat Man <clears throat> Beyond. Yeah. I'm just yes. like, Gav, I can't get it right. Yeah. Um, so, The Tomorrow People. It's a, it's a British show. Uh, and it really shows when they show the American scenes. Um, and, and the only time that they show, like, the American scenes from exteriors is, like, the outside of a building... And a taxi pulls up, but it's always a British taxi. It just feels weird. Um, anyway, so this show originally aired in the 70s. And there's actually a newer version out now, uh, or was out. It can't, It only lasted one season in the late 2013s, I guess. So we'll call that now. You know, that's like, what, six years ago? Right. Um, and it's a story about a, a, a group of kids, a, a generation that comes up, and they have these powers that they're both they're telepath, they're telepaths, and they can teleport, and um, they all have what, what what's different in this show is they all have this connection towards like the psychic spaceship that's buried in the sand on an island in the South Pacific, and when they teleport, they end up falling into the ocean. And then have to like swim the shore, and then they find their way in the ship, and they communicate with it telepathically, and they also know each other, even though they've never met before. Because you have a girl from Virginia, you have a boy from England, uh, you have a guy from Australia, and they all start, you know, piecing things together as they meet each other through popping in and out of these. Uh, uh, transports if you will teleports um to this alien craft uh here's what i absolutely love about this show this might be the smartest show for kids ever it treats you like an adult when you watch this show first of all no you do me a favor watch this you can find it on youtube they have like the first two episodes combined you can see it i guess it's technically a bootleg uh the editing i've noticed is phenomenal the way they intercut the action between place to place and kid to kid it is so well done that you kind of take it for granted when you see something good but when you look at a kid's show they don't care about that you know you just all right you chop it off here we go there we move on um this was a film for kids, and it was smart. And and even though, you know, you, you look, oh, some of that dialogue was campy or the delivery wasn't great, it's still a kid's show, and they're children actors. Or, it, the big picture of it, going back to, like, the Battlestar Galactica thing, it was, it was the execution and the delivery to the kids, and kind of like you can't do that on television was. It, it, it was right. a, a, a goofy kid's show. But it was an adult goofy kid show. They never talked down to you. And in fact, I look at this show as talking up to you. Like this really 
like almost, as a kid you're like wow is this what tv is capable of mm-hmm. and this is when i I'm, I'm watching this and i see just i saw elements of so many shows and i'm like i i see lost in it i even see stuff from like game of thrones in it and and battlestar and all these shows that you know are on now or were on recently and it makes sense. I mean, if these guys that are working on the show were kids then, they probably saw this. And if not just, you know, taking an idea or concept, just to be inspired by the way this is done and the way it treated the audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's such a good show. And this is one of those ones I want to, I really want to go back and rewatch those episodes. It's tough. It's not out there. This is one of those things I went on Amazon and looked it up, and I can get the the Tomorrow People uh, DVD box set, five discs, for $130. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, like, uh, used from for, like, a shady price from God knows where. Um, I can get it very good or just good. Uh, very good is a dollar cheaper, so I think I'll go with that. Uh, from World of Books USA. Well, I'm gonna track down this show for you, Squeezer, and it's my. Do, do me a favor. Do me a favor, though, and and watch. Even you don't have to watch the whole thing because it's a, it's an hour for the or 40 minutes for the first two episodes they cut together. Just watch a little bit of it, and mm-hmm. it, it does pick up and get really good. But oh, Stranger Things, big Stranger Things and things I noticed. Mm. A, a a telepath in a sundress and a goofy little hat mm-hmm. adorable although it's a boy this time around but you know whatever <laughs> uh, it's just a, a lot of elements uh really strong children characters not not cocky shit-nosed you know smart-ass kids talking back like they're just mature and yet also immature like they're they're kids it's it's peter parker's it's a bunch of Peter Parkers. They're 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 mature enough, but they also have to deal with being kids, and at the same time, oh, it it was just so well done, mm-hmm. and it just treated you with respect, and, and I really just I am so glad I found it. I hope other people find it. Uh, I think it's definitely worth checking out, and it, it's not. It's so it ran for what three seasons. And it told, but it told five stories. So the first season is a story, and then the second two seasons, they break up into two separate stories each. So it's kind of like two story arcs throughout, and a couple characters drop out. They had new characters in. Some new stories focus on others. So it it's like a serial, and uh, and it, it you know it, it tells the overarching arcing arching arcing. Archie. Overarching, yeah. Tells the overarchy story. Overarchy um, story. And uh but through a couple different viewpoints throughout too, even though there are a focus of a couple kids. It it, it it's so good. Um holy shit, yeah, Power Rangers really ripped this off too with the whole probably even the whole visual aspect of it. A really great show. Uh I, I can't say enough good things about it. Well, that's a good pick. Deep within a Transylvanian mountain, the world's most evil monsters were imprisoned. I 
Dr. Henry Davenport, the Invisible Man, was their jailer. Alas, my friends and I underestimated our evil prisoner, Vampire. He planned to escape by shrinking, but the spell shrank Monster Mountain instead and blew us all the way to Los Angeles. Now we must recapture those evil monsters, Vampire, Medusa, and Swamp Beast. But it isn't easy when you're one inch high. Edgar Raven, the world-famous horror writer, was the only human who might truly understand our predicament. Unfortunately, he was away, but his ten-year-old daughter Carrie wasn't. And now we're just monsters in her pocket. Monsters in her pocket. <laughs> so this is the one, I think, on only episode, there might have been like three more, two more, three more, of Monsters in My Pocket cartoon. But I'm talking specifically of the t action figure, I guess, plastic toys that uh, inspired them. Sorry, you weren't up there, Squeezer. Oh, and no, that's... I, you know what? You start playing it, and I'm like, and I'm, I'm paying attention. I, I'm actually paying attention. They go... Is this monsters in my? Po I've never heard this before. Yeah, I never like, did. Description. I'm like, is this monsters in my pocket? And like the reveal is like, I was excited that I. Yeah, so, uh, I I didn't even know there was a cartoon special, until I found it on YouTube in its entirety. It is there. You can look it up. Uh, it's great. I watched the whole thing and I was like, oh, I'm downloading this to save it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I saved it, uh, and it is pretty freaking good but i'm talking about um so a couple of guys were executives at mattel and they decided to go off and create their own venture and said venture was taking toys that you could get for 25 cents out of an egg machine vending deal and putting a couple of them in some fancy packaging and charging five dollars for them brilliant i know uh it was joe morrison and john weems they were senior executives at mattel they went to Matchbox with this toy line called Monster in My Pocket. They, I bet, I guess, and if you've never seen them, the best way to to describe them is like neon muscle. You know those muscle figures, M U M dot U dot S dot L, whatever the fuck. I don't know how to spell muscle. Yeah. Ah, uh, those little pink figurines. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is what I know from Wikipedia on them. So I, I know that I had them and I collected them and I put them in my pocket just because, you know, that's what you, kids put everything in their pocket. So it's easy to call these monsters in my pocket because they're little monsters and kids stuff shit in their pocket. Then I just played them. I, I eventually like made them like little wrestling. I like they would be like managers uh, for my wrestlers. And then when Jerry Lawler, the dink, doink and dank came out and Jerry Lawler had his court like. These guys became my Hasbro WWF's like dink tank and doings, <laughs> uh, which is funny because I well, I also use muscle wrestlers figures for that. But yeah, they're all every every action figure I ever had became some sort of wrestler. Because what do you do with action figures? You could set them up and you could make them fight, but the easiest thing to do is take them in the WWF ring and have them wrestle, right? I used. I see. I didn't have. I didn't have the ring. Yeah, I had the Hasbro ring. Um, so you had every other playset, but you didn't have the cheapest playset in the planet. It was like fifteen dollars. The ring. No, I did. I I didn't. 
Um, I used my my GI Joes were the fight in my tournaments because I had some of the Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter figures. Yeah, as so did they I. Yeah. Fit. yeah. And I would take a pretzel tin. Um, oh, so it was like or, a like a almost like an octagon. Like, yeah, but it was cage. so it was like but it was like pit two, you know. So yeah. it was a. Uh, that's where they fought. What was the local one? It was uh, the brown one, like the brown speckled tin. Snyder's. Was it Snyder's? Yeah. Which were the ones that come in the cardboard box? Those were also Snyder's. There's two Snyder's. Oh. Snyder's, Snyder's of Berlin and Snyder's of Hanover. Jesus Christ, you are good at what you do. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Both are delicious. The brown speckled oh. is Snyder's of Hanover. Yeah, all I remember is my dad would always make run- runs to the farmer's market, which meant... Um, yeah, you we told were not me. getting any fresh produce, but you were getting various pretzels, ring bolognese, and cheeses. <laughs> you told me he used to uh, take the pretzels, crush them up, and make them his own garlic or cheese, whatever. Oh, yeah, you get the big ones and break those up, and you would do like like what you would get now with like those garlic ones that you can yeah. get, and he would make his own. Um, they were good, but without all like the powderiness. That's why I don't like those that you can buy, because they have like that... Because, you know, they just powder coat them. Yeah, with, like, you, don't, you, don't even, you don't even, like, eat different flavored sunflower seeds because of that reason. No, no. This would be like you'd make, like, an oil base with, like, seasonings. Yeah, and like how I made my Chex Mix over at Christmas that you, you actually enjoy. I brought it. I've made homemade Chex yes. Mix. And that's why I don't actually like uh, commercial Chex Mix. Chex Mix is, like, the, the dusting I don't like. Right, but I, I made the original recipe from the 1950s, and I brought it in for the boys. And um, I had I, a cold. Otherwise, I would have eaten the entire thing. I'm. It's a little. It was. It is delicious. I. I made like six batches over the Christmas season because <laughs> everyone was like, "It's." I think it might be my new thing. Chex mix. Just, just make me one of just all pretzel sticks. <laughs> I'll make. No, some. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna give it a try. I'm gonna make the. I'm gonna. You make your dad's recipe. Yeah, I'll try to see if I can remember it and figure it out. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. So, uh, in 1989, Matchbox released this toy line, and it was these small plastic figures representing monsters, and then, like, whatever can be considered a monster, you know, like, like, things that kill people and haunt people, or, unfortunately, for Hindu people, they're deities and divinities. Oh, is that what we did? (laughs) Yes, uh, and Hindu communities were pretty pissed because... Uh, Kali, Ganesha, Hanuman, and Yama, Yama, I'm probably butchering the names, were all depicted as monsters, and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, there was a public outcry by the Visha Hindu Persad, and, um, the fourth series, which contained Hanuman, uh, and there's a big Hindu community in the UK, so these were removed from the UK line, and Yama were released, they decided to play it safe, and provide a follow-up series, Super Creepies, 24 comical uh, aberrations of real insects and arachnids. So they started going with, like, monster, like, bugs and shit after, you know, mm-hmm. making... I, I, I'm completely okay with with uh, making fun of divinities. That's Or not making fun of, but, you know, making... No, you're monster. okay with making fun of divinities. Yeah, I am, right. We did it a lot today. Yeah, we did. But at work. <laughs> uh, so they had a... St- uh, some markets had... Never in America, of course. 
had a uh, a separate line called dinosaurs in my pocket. We had the dinosaurs; they're just still considered micros- um, monsters in my pocket. Hey, to be fair, there are some people out there that would be offended that you would even have dinosaurs in your pocket because there is no such thing. That is true. Probably the same people that get offended and making fun of divinities. No, I, I get it. I mean, Hindus are very. No, Hindus are actually very violent. I'm thinking. Uh, well, Buddhism is. You're very... thinking like Sikhs. Yeah, but they're still a form of Hindu. They got fucking knives, man. Yeah. Do you see those things? They're badass. Like the greatest warriors in the world outside of well. Uh, so they also had their super scary howlers, which uh, made noises. Um, there was a board game. Then, of course, because there was so much like uh, um, muscle figures in UK, they made monster wrestlers in my pocket. We're never in America, as far as I know. They had trading cards, comic books. They had a Konami video game for Nintendo, which yes, Chris, Chris and I rented on multiple occasions. Wasn't, I played the shit out of this game. Yeah, it wasn't bad. No, it, my my uh, my friend had it down the street. I was one of his the same the same kid that had like Crystallis and uh, Boy in His Blob originally. Like he had all the f- weird fun games. Yeah. So he was obsessed with Fester's Quest. Oh, that was one of the worst That's games on the planet. Yeah, he was he was obsessed with that game. They mo- uh, remember like every Nintendo Power and video game magazine you got back then had like advertisements for Fester's Quest Quest in it. I feel like that movie money. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, there was the animated special which I played, which was Monsters in My Pocket, the Big Scream, 1992, produced by Hanna Barbera. I guarantee you, we all watch this. And we just don't remember it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, uh, but it's really great. I would download it. It's uh, it was by Hanna Barbera. Yep. Uh, and Rob Paulson, uh, voice of Yakko, um, was uh, the vampire. Let me see what we got here. I have definitely seen this. Yep. So, yeah, that's my pick. My third pick? Yes, my third pick. Monsters in my pocket. Uh, Here's your fourth pick. I was promised it's going to get weird. Here we go, kids. You're going to get sad. There is nothing wrong with your television. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are now controlling the transmission. We control the horizontal and the vertical. We can deluge you with a thousand channels or expand one single image to crystal clarity and beyond. We can shape your vision to anything our imagination can conceive. We will control all that you see and hear. experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the deepest inner mind to the outer limits. What's this? <laughs> oh, way to just take the drama and piss on it. Yeah, it was a lot of build up. They're just really fucking full of themselves, aren't they? 
Oh yeah, and then they open up with a with a uh, like a, a short narration to begin with as well. So. <laughs> uh, God, I love this show, and it scared the hell out of me. I I don't know if I ever watched the Outer Limits. You never watched it. I was so creeped out. This was so it ran on Showtime, uh, but then it ran in syndication each following season, and it was something special about the outer limits whereas other shows ran in syndication. wait not the original 1963 abc one right no this You're is talking a about the 95 okay yeah yeah no nah, i no nah, that's fine whatever i've seen a couple of those but the, the ones in 95 it gets really is this, weird and creepy and is this kind of in the same vein as um uh, um twilight zone twilight zone yeah I would I would call them uh, sister shows, whereas Twilight Zone is um, okay. Uh, they're more science fiction based and less dark fantasy. That's what. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, like I would see Twilight Zone. Yeah, Twilight Zone's more fantasy. A so this more this is more like maybe there's a moral. Outer Limits is darker. Outer Limits is more Black Mirror. I was about to say this is like Black Mirror before Black Mirror. Yes, and a lot. Oh, man! They, there's a couple episodes that just, at the same time, it terrifies you and creeps you out, and r- rips your heart out at the same time. And this is the one. This is gonna. This is gonna hurt you. So there's an episode out there called Simon Says. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, like I suggest people go. This is again. This is, I warned at the beginning of the show that I'm going to tell everyone I'm going to go back and watch all these shows. Which, which I suggest se- you do too. Which season? Uh, the, uh, Simon says was season six. Season um, six. It originally aired in uh, 2000, and um, all right. So spoilers. If you don't want to be, you know. Because if you want to check this out, it's worth checking out. So spoilers for the episode Simon says in season six of The Outer Limits. So the synopsis is a man who lost his wife and his son in a car crash several years ago has mm-hmm. built a robot which has his son's memories. Yes. And uh, do, do just do me a favor so you realize how creepy this is to begin with. Just Google image uh, Outer Limits Simon says. Outer Limit, Simon Says, Google Images. Ah! Jesus yep. Christ. There you go. What's creepier, the guy or the doll? Yeah, that's what they're going for. Um, all right, so the kid has a real sweet voice, and it, it's just, it, I mean, it's heart-wrenching, too, because it's a whole thing on, like, loss and, 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 and trauma, and but at the same time, it's also about, you know, is the what dad is a shitty with? camera guy from Wilkesbury? Because that's what he looks like. Yeah, I yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Uh, it it's so, it's such a sad episode. It's heartbreaking, but it, it's also just so creepy and uncomfortable. And there's a scene. The, the, oh God, the horsey ride! I forgot all about the horsey ride, and it's just terrifying. There is a scene, and it was controversial when it aired. Where um, Simon, the now android boy with the other former uh, deceased boy's memories, is given a kitty cat. And um, he comes to love the kitty cat and he pets the kitty cat until it the dad comes home 
and sees him and he's like the kitty he's so soft and then the dad's inventor is horrified and it reveals uh, uh it pops out to a wider shot and it's literally a puddle of guts and fur in the kid's lap as he basically petted petted the cat to death mm. is basically ripping its flesh off it's mm. uh, it's very disturbing i didn't want to hurt your feelings um and there is a, there is another big twist at the end. I don't do I want to spoil that too. Yeah, no, to I mean no one's gonna go watch um, this. All right, no, uh, you should though. <laughs> um, where uh, the guy's boss comes, tries to take the kid from him because he like basically built him in like parts he stole from work and research that he shouldn't have been he shouldn't have been doing this to begin with. Uh, in the process, kills him, and then. There's the babysitter and stuff, and the only re- he realized the only way him and his son can be together now that he's done this, it, he'll take care of it, and he locks the babysitter out of the room. He goes in. She's trying to get him out, and you hear a gunshot. She's horrified, gets into the room, realizes the guy killed himself. He's dead, and then it reveals, boom, here's the kid in robot form, and the dad is now a robot who just downloaded his memories into a robot before killing himself. Uh, and now they can be together as robot father and son. Because how do you charge a robot? It is heart wrenching, and it's something different and, and a little more. I don't know. Uh, it's definitely darker and, than you would like a a, a, a Twilight Zone episode. Mm. And and it's all based in like there there's science there. It, it's all based in uh, on hard science for the most part. Like this, these are possible you know, scenarios we can end up with. Um, r- really, I just twisted episode. Really good. It's worth checking out, even though I spoil it for you if you stuck around this long. Um, which I'm sure there's someone that, like, was like, oh, you said spoiler, so they hit, like, the 15-second skip, and it got right to when I go, oh, and then the dad shoots himself, and he becomes a robot. Um, I can see a lot of inspiration for this for other episodes of, like, uh, like Westworld, a lot of things happen, and I, and going back and watching them, it's like, oh yeah, that fits in there just as, uh, just as well. There's other episodes like, uh, oh, I'll, I'll point out there's one in particular, and you'll remember this one even if you didn't see it, uh, the episode The Sand Kings, which was written. It's a novella by uh, George R. R. Martin, who had a recent show that was fairly popular. Yeah, I think um, I know. I heard about it. Yeah. And he, don't worry, he's got about three more coming out. Um, but anyway, this episode is parodied on a little-known animated show that has a certain Halloween special uh, called The Simpsons. Oh. And do you, just calling it The Sand King, so I'll tell you the, the synopsis of this episode. Uh, this inventor scientist comes up and uh, builds a community inside a tub. Of... Oh, Bart's tooth. Yep, yep, nailed it. That's that's where they got the inspiration for Sand King, or for that, uh, or uh, Lisa's tooth uh, from with Sand Kings, which like two compete, two competing. Um, that was Lisa's tooth. Society. but they shrank yeah. Bart down. Yes. Um. Another well, they shrank Lisa down. Thing. They shrank Lisa down to be her leader, and then Bart yeah, was the terror. Then they attacked Bart. Yeah, yeah. they attacked Bart. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, it's another. It's it's a very strange. Just 
it twisted. And as a kid, you know, I was probably like, when I start watching this, 14, 15. And I'm a scaredy cat to begin with, but I'm also, you know, I was big in the sci-fi. And at the same time, you couldn't watch this show when it was at, in the light. Because this is one of those things, the outer limits in syndication, as far as my memory comes, was at like at 1 in the morning. It was one of those shows where at like 1, 2 in the morning, it was mm-hmm. either Ron Popeil or you're watching The Outer Limits. Mm-hmm. And there's something about sitting there on the couch, curled up, terrified, watching the show, creeped out, and oh, that's also awesome. just mind-fucking you. Yeah. Um, I, I was... Uh, I, I've been wanting to kind of just put this one out there just to tell people, go back and check out these episodes. couple here and there, you don't have to go all in like I'm telling you to uh, for the Tomorrow People, which I highly suggest. Um, but yeah, pick and choose and just check out a, cold, a few episodes. And e- even though like the production might be up to par just because it's, you know, four by three shot in SD. So it, and it being... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Taking place in that time. Help me out here. Taking place in that time. You know, it was in the 90s, so it looks dated. It's period. Period, yeah, yeah sure. Um, but yeah, so it, some things do look dated just because of the time it was produced. But like the overall stories are there, and I think they're definitely worth checking out. Uh, and and getting freaked out by dated, I think is the word you were looking for. Yeah, I had that one. It was a different one. It had a couple more syllables. Uh, should we look it up? That's good. The Theosaurus. All right. Dated. Old fashioned. No, this isn't the same route I was thinking about going down. Uh, oh, fun note, though. Antiquated. Um, there, that's a good one. It's not what I was thinking of. Maybe it was. I don't remember. But I it just, works first of all, I didn't look that up. That just came to me, everybody. I want full credit. Show off. Do I get full credit? Oh, yeah, you get full credit. Thank you. Uh, what was cool, though, was because we know that, um, that you had mentioned that there's a series... Um, from uh, the 60s that ran mm-hmm. and uh, that only ran for like two seasons mm. whereas this one I saw it did it last it, did it last it, uh, it did its last season on sci-fi yeah uh, so uh, uh, Showtime canceled it and sci-fi picked it up uh, for the last season and then but they toned it down because there was a little more gore and also I didn't know this because I watched it in syndication so they would edit it down it was on Showtime there were tons of boobs on this show oh no boobs everywhere you missed them and I missed them what the hell so if that's worth going back and watching just for some boobs I think that makes it worthwhile I mean, yeah, if you could find those boobs, yeah, go back and look. Yeah. Or maybe there's some, you know, male parts that... Nope. <laughs> that was a quick nope. Did you check? Uh, I... No. <laughs> oh, speaking of male parts, um, interesting fact, you pointed out there was a previous series. Uh, D. 
do you know who both had a role in the original series and a role in the uh, relaunch back in uh, back in the nineties? Male parts. Uh... Let's just say his name should definitely be mentioned if we're doing a sci-fi show. Was it? Uh... He was also on a certain animated show. He was on an animated show. Basically, doing a parody of his show that he owned, that he was the host of. Wait, are we talking Bill Shatner? Nope. Do I need to sing Good Morning Starshine? Yeah. Good morning, Starshine. What is it? The Earth says hello. No? No. Leonard Nimoy. Oh, God. I was so close by Bill. You could have gave me like, oh, you're close. I'm, I'm not no, a Trekkie. I'm not I like. Think that's the, I think that's a derogatory term. Is it? I believe it's Trekker. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not a Trekker. I don't even know. You know, our friend Dan would have got that like this. As he should. I forgot well, I that. I asked him if you watch Babylon 5, and he said no. I'm like, I, I damned him to hell. So Leonard Nimoy saying good morning, starshine on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So that's what should have been my giveaway, but I wasn't thinking Simpsons. I was like, who's saying? Well, if I would have told you it was Leonard Nimoy singing good morning, starshine on The Simpsons, you would have known it was Leonard I Nimoy. I would have known it. That was the but when I said Bill Shatner, you could have been like, no, you're close. And I would have been like, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, but then you might have thought it was DeForest Kelly. Yeah, well, you got me there. Or even Christopher Lloyd, for that matter. Again, you got me there. All right. Uh, I still got two picks. You got one. Um, you ready for my next one? I am. All right. Give up. Never surrender. From out-of-work actors. By the sons of Warband, I shall avenge you. To outer space heroes. You will save us. We are actors, not astronauts. DreamWorks Pictures invites you to bravely go. Hi, little guy. Where no comedy has gone before. Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Galaxy Quest. Rated PG. Now playing everywhere. I remember the first time I saw this movie, and I saw it on paper. We had free like pay channel, so I saw it on like pay per view, right when it came out, and I became obsessed with it. A because I re fell in love with Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> sure. And B, um, it was just a great movie. Everyone loved Tim Allen when this came out because we were big mm-hmm. Home Improvement fans. Tim Allen's a funny guy, and he was great in this movie. Um. Sigourney Weaver is everyone is fantastic in this movie, and it's basically a play on Star Trek. Even though I never watched Star Trek, I was still a big fan of Galaxy Quest. The movie's just great, and I'm sure for like Star Trek fans, it works on a different level because, oh, I'm sorry, just not a different, but on another level because they voted this the seventh best Star Trek movie of all time <laughs> at some uh, Star Trek convention. I don't know where I read that. I read that somewhere that they voted this. Uh, hold on. Galaxy Quest went on to achieve cult status through the years, especially from Star Trek fans for its affectionate parody, but also more mainstream audiences as a comedy film in its own right. Several former cast members and crew members of Star Trek also went on to praise the film. 
and it included in Reader's Digest list of top 100 funniest movies of all time. In 2012, Star Trek fans voted it the seventh best Star Trek film of all time. <laughs> so, what's number set? What's number eight? I don't know, but there's no. And it beats out. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, so the, there's a couple things about this movie that are pretty it, like. Uh, uh, it, it, they they cut it down to be PG. There was um, curse I words in it. This. What? Yeah. So it was originally originally they saw it and there was cursing and there was some like more like lewdness to it. And then when it stopped, they're like this could be PG. This could be more mainstream. So they cut out like they ADR screw that instead of fuck that when it's going weird. And you can clearly say she's saying fuck that. Mm-hmm. Um. They they uh still are working on a sequel for this movie. They keep saying this is just like Beetlejuice sequel. Um, they uh, cool. One of the cool things about this when you saw it in the theater is they did an aspect ratio change. So you're looking at a 185 uh, when you start the movie and then after 20 minutes when it gets into like actual the, the space part mm-hmm. it, it switches to, to a, your classic uh, cinematic 235 to 1. Hmm. Which is pretty cool. That's the right when the spaceship lands on Thermia. Uh, it. You um, go back and watch that. Just that transition. Yeah, it's you. You notice it when you see it. It's pretty cool. Um, you could see the transition on YouTube too. <laughs> so, uh, people think the film spaceship is a nod to Star Trek because it's called the NTE thirty one twenty, and oh, ev- clearly. yeah, everyone thinks that it makes not the Enterprise. Uh, Justin Long's obviously a debut, but more importantly, Rain Wilson's first movie, Dwight Schrute of Schrute Farms, Bears, Beats, Battlestar Galactica, Galaxy Quest. <laughs> he plays one of um, the alien beings. Uh, here is, well, also another another small, th- uh, Ramus wanted um, Kevin Klein to play, uh, uh, Tim Tim Taylor's role, but the studio wanted Tim Taylor and Ramus Harold Ramus left the film. But I thought Tim Taylor was perfect in the movie. I know that's not his real name, but <laughs> that's I know him as. Um. So uh, I think um, the best thing I read about this movie was that Steven Spielberg visited the set, and he just an offhand comment. He suggested Missy Pyle's aliens role be expanded and why not make a romantic subplot? And then the whole subplot between her and Tony Shalhoub was added in, which is such a great... And that's just an offhand comment from Steven fucking Spielberg visiting your set. Of course you added in, right? Um, absolutely. So... At the end of Galaxy Quest, a trailer touts the return of the fake television series uh, slated to come back a full 18 years after the show originally aired. Star Trek also had an 18-year gap between two of its television series, 1969 to 1987. And like Galaxy Quest, the film outings were not included in the gap. Uh, And Sigourney Weaver... 
Weaver liked that blonde wig so much because she looked amazing in it. She kept it after her years of shooting. No shit. Yeah. If you have not seen Galaxy Quest and you're like, what the hell are they talking about? I didn't feel like I needed to tell the plot, but it's about these actors who starred in a Star Trek type show and they're now out of work and they spend their time like showing up to cons and stuff and, and having, they're so sick and tired of doing like the same roles and like, like saying the same lines and everything. And there's this alien race who believes they're actually who they are in the show because they see transmissions of it and they, they, they kind of kidnap them to help save them and they they got it everyone kind of has to band together to and be the roles you know actually become the roles of the people they played on the show to help save this alien race it's a really good movie i don't know i have never met anyone who's like oh i hate galaxy glass no it's so much fun yeah it's a great movie if you haven't seen it check it out uh tim alan rickman's just fantastic alan rickman is so great in it with the, the fake alien head mm-hmm yeah, and what it tears, and he's just trying to keep it on together, and everyone's just, yeah. Great, great picture. Uh, all right, Squeeze, your last pick. I'm surprised it took you two-plus years to get here, but here we are. Oh, we're on the Sigourney Weaver path. Somewhere in deepest space, all hell is breaking loose. They cut the power. How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. Get them out of there! Aliens. This time, it's war. Aliens. The new movie. Rated R. I like how they sell it. Aliens. The new movie. Well, it's... Well, they didn't know how to advertise movies back then. I know. It, well, it's always this time. It's war. Yeah. Is this the um, Sigourney Weaver podcast? I think it is. It, I mean, as it should be. It's worth it. I mean, maybe she should just have one of her own. Yeah. Um, like, I can, we've I, talked about this before. If shit hits the fan, I'm immediately dropping everything. I'm going to find Sigourney Weaver and anoint her our new leader as, you know, Tom Petty was in The Postman. I'll follow along. I think I do believe uh, you've talked. I mean, you've talked alien, the alien franchise multiple times, but you've never Very talked so. alien specific. So, yeah, usually it was the uh, figures or the little uh, dark horse comic books or the cartoon that never was, or just how awesome it was. And we never actually just mentioned the film, like officially uh, anointed the film uh, Rad Years by name. Um, God damn! This is this is my top three favorite movies in that in that little rotating bubble that is my top three. This is up there. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time. Seen it more than pretty much anything, and it's the perfect blend. It, it's the balance that they struck between like an action film and a sci- it's a science fiction movie throughout, a horror film. It's a thriller. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it and but it's also funny and it's entertaining, and the characters are engrossing. And I'm telling you, this James Cameron guy. I know he's known mostly for being a, a you know like a, a deep sea diver, and like I I see him going somewhere in the film industry. No, that hack. Yeah, I hear he's. Uh, 
he had a movie that came out a little while ago that made some money, and he's making like four sequels to it. Yeah, well, he's on. Right he's now. he's Mickey's bitch now. Oh, uh, yeah. And in I fact, think pretty much everyone's Mickey's bitch now. In, in fact, this movie is now a Disney movie, and and any daughters of the Alien Queen are now Disney princesses. Oh, I can buy her little aliens. Yeah, little face huggers. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm just gonna get her like a little xenomorph in a in a pink dress and see how she handles it. <laughs> um, th- this movie, it's just it's so perfect and on so many levels. It, it, it's beautiful and, and it's also dark and terrifying. Um, for me, what really sells it though is uh, the characters. I mean, the characters, the writing, the dialogue, the interaction. Everything just flows seamlessly. They're all also, believable. Probably the fact that it, that they didn't needless, needlessly kill said characters like Newt. Oh yeah. Well, it there's there's a contingent of fans out there that the Alien trilogy stops before it's a trilogy. Three just you just kind of pretend three doesn't exist. There's also there, people there's who love three that... and love Resurrection because Resident Resurrection. Directed by that Amelie guy, but then also directed by Cameron. He finished it or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, Resurrection was weird. Um, the whole mother alien kind of thing was, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but Aliens is I I I think it, it's a peak of it, and I love Alien. And you know me, I'm the biggest Ridley Scott mark. Uh, out there, like I don't get, I, I don't, I don't get the whole like star-crossed, you know, like oh my god, like the guffawed by a celebrity kind of thing. But if he were to walk in the room, I'd probably just, I, I'd quiver, um, not sexually, um, and eh, maybe, um, it. I'm running out of words to say for this film just because I love it so damn much. It's tough because I I came so prepared for it and I'm I kind of just I just want to tell you how awesome it is and it's clear that it is, um, it's the use of models and, and uh, models and miniatures, um, combined with the effects that really, uh, and also the practical like suits and stuff like that for the aliens. Uh, I mean, it had to have been done. This was before Jurassic Park basically blew the door open, you know, and made all this other stuff possible. So the the animatronics of these aliens just really bring them life. It's awesome. Um, what's really cool and really aggressive, the last fifteen minutes, the countdown leading to the destruction of this of um, the the colony is fifteen minutes. If you time it out, uh, not so, until like so 24. The 15 minute countdown is 15 minutes on film. Yes. It's real time. That's pretty sick. That's yeah. That, that, that takes some damn good skills as a filmmaker to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he, he kills it. Uh, we got some pretty badass sneakers out of it. IRL, uh, recently in the last couple of years. Yeah. Some cool uh, Reeboks. Alien Stompers. 
Yeah, they were pretty awesome, and and just the, the artwork and stuff like the 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 Space Marines, all, all their gear and how they allowed them to kind of customize it. It felt so lived in. Uh, it felt like a world that was lived in, and and the, these characters knew each other, and they, they actually the opening scene on the Sulaco, um, where they're all kind of just you know they wake up from their hypersleep and they're having breakfast or just bullshitting with each other, picking on each other, and you feel like they have a relationship, and that's because that was shot last, um, after you know like a month plus of filming. So that they kind of had a rapport with each other and they were friends so that they came off that way. Mm-hmm. And I, that, again, is also just great filmmaking and just great forethought into, you know, it, it, it carries over. You see it in the film. Right. And then after after that, which leads to then the terror of them getting wiped out in first contact, uh, uh, it makes it even more heartbreaking and then leads to, you know, a, a great survival film. Yeah, I uh, love this movie. Yeah, it's, I know this is one of your favorites, and the Aliens is probably uh, the uh, not probably it is the best of the franchise. Aliens, good. Aliens, re- it, Aliens, great. But Aliens it, is a different level, a different yeah, and a different level, different genre. Movie. Yeah, different. It is. A, it's totally a different genre. Uh, you can't. I don't think it's fair to even co- compare the two. And as, but also just as a fan of, you know, wanting to be entertained. And, and I, oh man, it sounds bad when I say it that way. I just, if, if I just want to chill out and relax and watch an awesome movie, I'm going to watch Aliens. Yeah, that's, um, it is, I don't know if you can chill out and relax and watch Aliens, but yeah, it's a great movie. Oh, I can't. It's one, it's one of my go to sleep movies. Uh, of course it is. I will put this on and I will just zonk out. So would you, peacefully. I didn't even think about this till now but would you believe my next pick is also a sigourney weaver pick she plays the voice i did not even she plays the voice of the ship on one of the episodes so only a man named matt graining could have a show as good as Futurama and it be his second best show he ever made. <laughs> this is a science fiction show, science fiction show between him and David X Cohen. Uh, and um, I, everyone knows about Futurama. So I'm just going to talk about some of my favorite episodes. Uh, here, the first one, you know, it it's, it's a, the, these are all two jerkers. Uh, Jurassic Bark uh, talking about I'm Seymour. I'm already crying. Fry's dog who gets left behind when Fry gets frozen into the future and just waits for him outside of Panucci's Pizza for years and years and years until he finally lays down and closes his eye and died. Because Fry's oh, why'd you do that to me? I'm sorry. Just because I made you watch the kid pet the cat. Yeah. Uh, then the next episode that's going to make you cry is Meanwhile, uh, Fry and Leela get married in the series finale and um it's just it's very it's it's great episode and uh it's a satisfying end for the two main characters and opening the doors uh for the future uh i also like i like luck of the friarish when he gets his four leaf clover and he talks oh, about yeah. his older brother yancey mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's a great one. Um, great episodes. I have so many down here on my list. Uh, Brannigan Begin Again. Uh, Zap Brannigan is played by um, Phil Hartman is one of the greatest actors around. He was, I, I guess, you know, he played so many roles on Simpsons. They had him play a role here, and um, Brannigan and Zap. Uh, um, Kiff lose their jobs and they're forced to resign and uh, they join the Planet Express crew and it's it's just great stuff. Uh, then like the the best episode when Comedy Central took over the revival was the late Philip J. Fry. Uh, so the professor invents a forward-only time machine. Uh, you can't go backwards. And Fry, Bender, and uh, um, the professor go 10,000 years into the future Meanwhile, he's supposed to have a date with Leela, and he's, she complains about him being late. He never shows up to the date. Uh, to return, they must go keep going further into the future until a time machine that goes backwards has been invented. And um, it's like a really like sad but like beautiful story uh, that only Futurama could pull off. And uh, Amazon Women in the Mood is a great episode. Another great Zab Brannigan episode. Uh, Godfellas is an episode that's kind of like that um, one you told me. The, what's it? The Sand something? Uh, Sand Kings. Sand Kings. It's just like the tooth episode uh, where a bender, um, uh, asteroid carrying little intelligent life forms crash into Bender's body. He becomes their god. And of course, you know, as Bender, Bender could be my god because it just involves drinking and lewdness, uh, but not these tiny beings. It goes horribly wrong. There's so many good Futurama episodes. Um, anything with the devil, the robot devil, uh, the devil's hands are idle playthings. Uh, there's just anything with the robot devil is great. The day the earth stood stupid it's great. Um, I'm a Slurms McKenzie fan myself. The sl- any of the Slurm episodes where they find out where it's from, the Slurms McKenzie, the Slurm episodes are so great. Um, Futurama, I know uh, it's streaming places. Uh, if you have a chance, go back and just binge on Futurama and just realize what a gift it was. Zoidberg alone is a gift <laughs> to all of us. Oh, he's a meme. He is, he is. He's a meme. So is Fry's a meme, too. Oh, that's true. And um, Billy uh, Billy West, the voice West. of uh, Stimpy and um, Doug from... Oh, that's a second Ren and Stimpy reference we can add to this show, too. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention, there is a scene in an episode of Tomorrow People, which was uh, requested... Uh, which was, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, when you have an artist tired to do something. Commission. Commission. Uh, by Nickelodeon. Uh, and they are, at one point, uh, they're watching Ren and Stimpy on one of the TVs. Oh. Yeah. It's in the show. yeah, so Billy West is the voice of Fry and uh, the professor. And uh, he, it's just it's such a great he show. He eventually took over uh, for... Brannigan as yeah, well, Yeah, he, right? he did zap Brannigan after um, Phil Hartman was murdered. Uh, but yeah, Futurama's great show, great science fiction show, and great entertainment show. And held, it's up there. I think it's going to go down. I mean, 
again, Matt Groening will always be known for the creator of The Simpsons, but Futurama is... And I really want to go and watch Disenchantment on Netflix. It's it's going on its second season. That's Matt Groening's new show. I just I haven't had time. I, yeah, me too. And I got to make time. I'm going to I make gotta time. I got to go back and watch old shows. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, that's the show, the sci-fi show. This is a good, the sci-fi slash Sigourney Weaver show this week. Yeah. Well, um, what do we have uh, on tap next week? Next week, hold on, let me check. Oh, next week, June 8th, is the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters. That has nothing to do with Sigourney Weaver, so we're safe. Oh, great. So it's Sigourney Weaver part two. It's Sigourney Weaver part two. She's a fucking... So the first half, well, the second half of this show is the Sigourney Weaver show in the first half, and next show will be a Sigourney Weaver show. She's a treasure, so I have no yes, problem yes. talking about uh, on, Honestly, that's like the one highlight I have out of uh, the Defenders. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's go through business. If you like this show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Email squeezer at squeezer at radiers.com. Me, RK at radiers.com. Go to radiers.com because in a few short weeks, we are starting summer vacation part two, where I will be blogging stories about our, my past summer vacations every day. I did a lot last year. You could go back in the archives and read them. I just posted a blog about my perils of trying to get Coke, new Coke, uh, the Stranger Things tie-in. I cannot wait for the 4th of July and Stranger Things, and I'm going to be doing a lot of blogs about um, certain things that tie in with Stranger Things. Enchantress and I plan on camping out outside that night and watching Stranger Things outside. Uh, so we got a whole thing going. Um, we got merch coming. It's it's on order. It's coming, and uh, it terrifies me that none of you are going to want any of it. <laughs> uh, but as long as you keep listening, I'll be okay. Um, and uh, yeah, we got our whole summer planned out. We we were not going to miss a week, right, Squeeze? No, we're going to keep go- we're going to keep um, marching on. Keep marching on, uh, just so- like the saints we are. <laughs> saints, well, yeah. some saints, some sinners, but still, I'm a saint. I'm a saint too. We're we are saints. We're, you're a sweet boy, I'm a sweet boy, and um, the sweet boy RK is signing off. That's your cue. Oh, you, oh, I am too. <laughs> I'm RK. Oh, I'm Squeezer. We'll talk to you next week for our 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters show on the mm-hmm. Rad Years podcast.